Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite Size Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. I'm here with my dear friend, Kelly Campbell, today, who is a conscious leadership coach and agency growth consultant, has a wildly successful podcast, and just an all-around amazing person. Kelly, I need to just start by saying I'm honored in so many ways that you're taking time out of your day to be with me. From the minute I said, this is something I want to do, that week, three people said, you've got to talk to this woman, Kelly Campbell. And I was like, you were so generous with your time early on and your guidance. And I've looked to you for inspiration and you've made yourself available to me. And since then, easily another dozen people have said, do you know Kelly Campbell? And I'm like, I'm honored to know this woman. She's amazing. And so uh, definitely thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me and along the past two years, opening your heart up to me and, and you know, sharing with me where you are. So yeah. thanks. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Um, it, it's my honor to kind of support people who are trying to get into this field or just in general, I feel, feel like that's kind of one of my superpowers and my gifts is that I just really love to connect people and I love to support them in whatever their, their journey looks like. So, um, and it's also been really rewarding on my end to kind of see from those early conversations, you know, kind of where you've taken your practice. So yeah, just super proud of you, man. Thank you. It means the world. And it's one of your many superpowers. I mean, we've had similar journeys. We've got so many similar characteristics, business and otherwise, like knowing that, oh, I introduced those people X and look at what they've done since then. It just means the world to me. So yeah, we share that as well. Yeah, we're um, aligned in a lot of different ways, which we've uncovered, you know, over the past couple of years. So, so give me kind of the brief rundown. I mean, where you are now as, as a coach and, and even your newer, your latest projects, what's kind of led you up to this point to say, this is what I want to do. I'm done with the agency world. And here, here I am now. Yeah. I mean, I loved running my agency until I didn't. It was great for, let's say the first seven to 10 years. And then the last four years of it. So I had it for 14 years in total the last four years were just a grind. And it was like something was misaligned for me internally because I had a great team. We had fantastic clients. Profit margin was good. Like I shouldn't have been complaining about anything, but internally Mm -hmm. I was like, why am I not happy? Like I finally got here after over a decade and I'm just not happy. I just kind of really had to look at that and finally made the decision to say, you know what? I think I'm meant for more. I don't know what that looks like. It's really scary to think about yeah. off, you know, kind of your, your 14 year old daughter. <laughs> That's kind of the way that I looked at it. And I went through a lot of grief and a lot of self-processing. And I finally just said, you know what, I've got to do this because it's so clearly calling me on the other side of it. Um, it's the best decision that I've ever made. Not that I advise my clients to just, you know, sell right. off or close their doors. But if something bigger is calling them, and I've had that situation come up with some coaching clients, some agency owners, and I support them through that. And having the experience that I had, I think gives them a little bit more comfort in, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. 
And I'm working with a coach who's been here before. Fast forward to today, um, working with um, my capacity is 10 coaching clients at a time. They typically stay with me for about a year or two. And then I've got a side project, which we'll talk about probably a little bit later. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that because I think that's amazing and pretty small world. But so was, was there an event? Was it more of like, I need to go in the woods and kind of do some inner exploration? Like what was that kind of trigger moment where you're like, yeah, I need to do something different? I think honestly, it wasn't necessarily like um, one particular moment. I think it was a compounding effect of this is impacting my marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm not happy. I'm not healthy. I tacked on about 40 pounds um, over the course of those 14 years, little by little. And then it shows up one day in a video or a picture and you're like, oh my God, who is that person? You know, being like an athlete from a very young age, I was always very strong and kind of lean and it just didn't look like me. So I just had to look at the entire holistic picture of what was happening and realize that, yeah, it's just not a question anymore. I've got to make a change. The thing that felt the strongest to me internally, intuitively was, I think I've got to sell the agency. You know, it's a really vulnerable thing to have to tell your employees like, Hey, I love you guys and you're doing great work. And also I'm going to sell this thing. I remember vividly that conversation I had with my team when I also was like at a crossroads and I didn't know if I wanted to sell it, close it, give it to them. Like I just knew I wasn't there anymore. It was such a knock to uh, my self-confidence, myself. Like I, like you said, what did I do wrong? But we were healthy. We were doing good. We had lost our biggest agency record client. And I had to let somebody go for the first time. And it like tore my heart out. Um, but I remember we went to, there was like a, a cafe next door to the agency. We're all sitting outside and they were just like, what do you mean? Like, isn't this where we're going to work for? Like they were a very young team. We, there was a lot of loyalty. Um, they were like, Aren't we going to be here forever? And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know what's next, but this isn't for me anymore. And I don't know when it could be a year, it could be a month, but we're going to figure it out together. And it was a, a massively um, bonding moment for us all in, in so many ways. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so you sold and, and what was the transition from that into saying, I'm going to be a coach. So before I thought about coaching, because I didn't really know anything about coaching. All I knew mm -hmm. was I had a non-compete that meant that I couldn't work for um, another agency. I couldn't start another agency, couldn't become a partner in one. And I certainly couldn't right. talk to any of my existing clients. So I thought, all right, well, maybe I'll do some consulting for some of the nonprofits foundation CSR initiatives that we had as clients, just not those clients. Right and consulting with them on digital marketing. I did that a little bit and I was like, oh, this is definitely not for me. So that was like a very clear whole body no. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then I was like, all right, well, let me take a step back. What, what is my passion? What's my expertise? You know, what's my experience and who could that be beneficial to? And then yeah. I was like, all right, well, I did a pretty good job of leading teams over the, the decade and a half maybe I could work with other agency owners. And so I kind of just put feelers out there and talked about what, how we might work together. And I think it was the fact that I had owned an agency and sold the agency is what got the foot in the door. Everyone was like, oh, tell me how you did that. Yep. So consulting was great and the money was fantastic, but there was still something inside of me that was like, the reasons why people were coming to me were, I want to scale this thing faster. I want to grow the revenue. We were not talking about them, their health, their mental wellness, none of that as individuals. We weren't talking about anything that was happening in their, their personal lives. And we weren't really talking about how they were going to best support their employees. Mm. 
And I was like, oh, okay. It was actually your last guest, Lou, who started that whole process for me because we had a conversation about something that was happening personally for him. And he's Mm -hmm. like, it's okay to talk about. And I was like, oh my God, this was the moment for me. I was like, not only is this okay to talk about, this is all I want to talk about within reason. Yeah. Because it's still agency growth consulting, right? That hat. But then I realized that missing component of the conscious leadership coaching and delving into that kind of trauma-informed lens and getting at the heart of why people are showing up in these leadership roles Mm -hmm. the way they are. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is it. This is what I want. What was the timing between when you like started that consulting and were like, this is where I'm going to go to that conversation with Lou, that light bulb of like, I need to lead with trauma. We need to focus on this conscious leadership. Like what was that time span? Probably like a year. It was pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not a trained therapist. Yeah. I'm not a trained therapist, but I am a certified trauma informed coach. Okay. So you went through a certification process. Now I get this picture of, you know, I'm in therapy, I'm laying on the couch, I'm talking to somebody. I mean, how are you pulling these things out? And what's that transformation look like over time? Obviously. You have to have a clear delineation when you're in a coaching container, I call it. That session is just about personal stuff or how it's showing up in business, but it's all going back to whatever, you know, either traumatic events or, or things from the past that are kind of showing up behaviorally or in the mindset of the agency owner. And then when you're in the consulting session, that's when you're guiding, you're advising, you're problem solving, right? Yeah. in the the coaching session, they're being empowered to do the work and find the answers themselves through compassionate inquisition, right? Like, so I'm asking really good questions to get them to further understand what is actually at the the heart of all of this. And then consulting Mm. that is guiding and advising. So I think the delineation of those two and setting the clear expectations with the client and myself to understand how should we both show up in these situations that is the an absolute necessary. That's how yeah. you get in and not not kind of muddy the waters between are we talking about me or are we talking about the business? Now I that's got to be a huge disqualifier when you're talking to a potential client and <laughs> they're interviewing you and you're interviewing them. There's people that just are not into yes. they'll be like, I'm not into that woo-woo stuff or I just want to talk about my numbers and my team and my tactics and right that's a big disqualifier for you absolutely yeah. so my process is um, highly selective let's call it and mm-hmm. so i make a lot of referrals and it's got to be because you want the work that you do to follow what you believe in and and they've got to be open to that kind of work or they're not going to make the change that you know they can right yeah yeah so i learned pretty early on that it's not my job to educate them on why things that have happened in their past are showing up and impacting and impeding the business. That's not my job to educate on that. I need them to be self-aware enough to say, I think I'm the one who's holding the business back. I don't know why, but I think I'm the one. And so they'll read some content or listen to a couple of podcasts I've been on. Whatever I'm saying is resonating with them. That's why they're coming to me. Yeah. And I find that the more content that you put out, that's very um, authentic to exactly what you do. Yeah. That helps to qualify and disqualify before they even fill out a form or pick up the phone. Yeah, I mean, there's people that other friends that do what we do. And I've met a lot of people along the way that do what we do. And 
I don't think any two are the same. And so somebody that might vibe with me might not with you and vice versa. And so, yeah, letting people get to know us before that first call is, you know, just great for kind of weeding through people. So, yeah. yeah. Which kind of goes back to what you talked about at the top of the show. I don't view any, anyone who's in this space as competition, right? Because someone who's going to resonate with a David C. Baker is literally the opposite of my client and that's okay. And somebody yep. who vibes with me would never hire him. So it's, yep. it's just, there's plenty of agencies out there, plenty of agency owners. They're all at different stages. And a lot mm-hmm. of us coaches and consultants, you know, we specialize in the particular either growth stages or personalities or, you know, verticals. Yeah. I, I think collaboration and, and having really strong partnerships and relationships is, is key. I, I, and I also believe in that principle as an agency owner. I mean, I used to be friends and still am. Uh, with so many local agencies that were perceived as competition and why there's no such thing as as far as I'm concerned competition there's enough business to go around and I'd rather partner with and share commiseration and things like that with my peers than be like I don't want to know you because we might go against each other in a RFP or something it's not worth that so that competitive nature is not something I'm super into either yeah Yeah. it's also the opposite of conscious leadership right yeah so perfect segue Let's talk about your new project, Conscious Leadership. Where did this come from? It's it's bigger than just you. What is it all about? So you're talking about Consciousness Leaders, which is yes. a new representation agency that I founded about, I guess it's been about 15 months ago. The demand is incredibly strong. So um, I represent, um, at this point, about 125 different leaders um, from around the world who I say are under the umbrella of conscious leadership, but what that actually means is they're focusing on things like diversity, equity, and inclusion, sustainability, empathetic leadership, vulnerability in leadership, making sure that they highlight you know, mental health in the workplace, all of these things where at the end of the day, we're there to support the people who are working on our teams or within our organization, uh, as well as the environment just using kind of that lens, representing those people who help organizations to understand how to implement that within their their companies. It could be corporate, government, nonprofit, social groups, you name it. Representing those folks and then pairing them, almost like a matchmaking service. So pairing those those organizations that need their help. You know, keynote speakers for large conferences for... Mm -hmm. Fortune 50 companies. So we're, we're making those introductions. And it's interesting how it is such a clear conglomeration of all the things that I've done in my entire life. So there's clearly like a digital marketing component. There's a business development component. There's the convening that I'm doing among the collective itself, right? So it's just, it's kind of fascinating that everything that I've done up to this point kind of congeals, I guess, in a way for consciousness leaders. And I'm having a blast with it. I spend about 50% of my time, 40% of my time on that. Okay. And uh, 50 or 60% of my time on coaching clients. That's amazing. And and so the matchmaking is an organization comes to you and says, here's the kind of event we're putting on or the kind of, kind of content we're looking for. And you're able to say, of this hundred and something people I've got, you should talk to Rena or this one or that one. And, and they're the right fit for you. Yeah. And sometimes they don't know. Sometimes it's not the speaker. They'll say, Hey, this is the issue that we're dealing with internally. Can we just like have a a consultative chat to figure out, you know, what we need. So I'm doing a little bit of like assessment um, diagnosis in a way, and then 
figuring out who might be the best person to, to pair them with. So is there also um, kind of that ongoing consultative work uh, with these organizations on moving the needle on any of those DEI topics no. or no, that would be the expertise of the, the person or team that I'm pairing them with. That's not gotcha. my expertise. I can just guide them to say, oh, okay, so what I'm hearing, you know, from what you're telling me during this discovery call, this is the issue, this would be the right person to, to pair you yeah. with. Yeah, so then is part of that pairing slash vetting, maybe this isn't even your responsibility, it's on them, but is distinguishing between people that authentically need to make this change in their culture and in their organization versus people that need to just check a box and say to our board, we're doing something for DEI or, you know, we're, you know, uh, female leaders checking a box, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, is that something I, that's on I, your radar? I do have those conversations fairly often The you know, I've had conversations where someone will say, yeah, so we um, realize that we have a, a little bit of a DEI issue in internally. So we want to bring in a speaker for 45 minutes and magically all of our issues <laughs> they don't say it exactly like that but that's my interpretation mm -hmm. and so I kind of guide them in a way to say okay we could start out with a speaking engagement but after that speaking engagement you're going to need a DEI consulting firm and then that's mm -hmm. probably going to look like ongoing maybe quarterly or monthly trainings and here's how you can start thinking about that and they're like oh my god this is great can you get on another call with our entire leadership team to kind of help us sell this upward? I have no problem doing that because mm -hmm. it only helps me to be able to pair them with more people from the collective, you know, going forward. And, and I think it's interesting how it's become, you know, much like CSR was 10 years ago or so, yeah. just the corporate buzzword of, oh, we've got to check this box, but there's so much more meaning and impact possible with it. If like you're, like you're doing, you're encouraging them to make it more than just a checking of a box. My intuition from earlier conversation of I was meant for more, this mm. feels really purposeful to me because if I'm yeah. talking to an organization that's got 30,000 employees and we're having conversations like this, I'm pairing them with someone who can actually help implement and drive real change. That's it. That's it. You're, yeah. So you're, you're impacting those 30,000 employees, their entire customer base, those employees' families. Like, come on. The ripple effect is very real with conscious leadership. And that's why I'm so drawn to it. So yeah, I think the, the big takeaway for me is like, always listen to whatever that inner voice is, that intuition, that inner wisdom, whatever you want to call it. Mm. It knows where you want to go, where you are meant to kind of share your gifts. Believe in that very strongly. And I, I definitely talk to even my coaching clients about that pretty often. Do you work with a coach of some sort? I have been working with two coaches. One is Buddhist psychology coach, I guess is the best way to talk about her. And then also a shadow work coach, um, probably for the last three or four years. What is shadow work? Shadow work is based on, um, so Carl Jung's uh, understanding of the shadow and kind of going into those really formative memories and moments in childhood to kind of go in and reparent yourself. I'll call it like messy emotional work, <laughs> Okay. kind of like therapy, but it's not really so much talk therapy as it is immersive experiences where you're sometimes being led into like a guided scenario where you're replaying mm -hmm. um, a younger memory and then changing the outcome of it. Very, very powerful. And also I highly recommend like stock in Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs>
It sounds like EMDR to uh, EMDR. Uh, very cool. Because you, I mean, I, and the reason I asked if you work with a coach or some sort of support system, I guess, because the the changes you've made, the pivots you've made, they've all been drawn by a feeling in your heart and in your gut and in your spirit. Most people that I come in contact with aren't in touch with that kind of a thing. So they would be like, oh, I'm not happy. Fuck it. I'm going to go on for another decade. Or you know, this sounds cool. I'm not motivated enough to make that shift or it's too much of a risk. I don't have the courage or whatever. And you've really done a good job of listening to that. And as a result, you found the happiness and, and things that you're excited about. Yeah. And I don't even know, you know, it's funny. I was talking with Elise Benin on a couple of podcast episodes and she kind of I love her. I know. I love her too. She kind of railed against this idea of happiness. And, and she, I think she's converted me slightly. Um, I don't know that it's about <laughs> happiness so much as mm -hmm. it's about changing the way that we respond to the things that are always going to come at us, right? Like we're, mm -hmm. we don't arrive someday where we're just all of a sudden happy and like the whole world is just butterflies and puppy dogs. Right. It's not reality. You're, there's always going to be some kind of adversity. I think it's less about happiness and more about just getting back to equilibrium really mm -hmm. often just consciously communicating really often with whomever it is, your partner, your client. Um, I had a, a situation yesterday. One of my clients didn't show up for a coaching call and these things happen, right? She just forgot. There was an event that was scheduled. She forgot to reach out to me. So while I understand it on one side, the other part of me is like, well, I also have really healthy boundaries. And if you miss a call, that you knew that you had an event for, right? Like I set clear enough boundaries, essentially say, well, you know, I respect your time. I've got to have respect for my time as well. Sure. You know, does it feel equitable to you to be able to email me some of those questions and things that we might've talked about? You know, does that feel equitable? That's a really conscious communication and that's modeling, you know, a different way than, yeah. yes, I'll just reschedule. My time is right. not anything or- right. No, not at all. You missed your call. You're done. Right. So there's yeah. always a middle ground and always like a consciousness that you can bring into any situation. I don't think that people have to go down this, this really dramatic route. I think there's just, there's another way. Yeah. Uh, I love it. We could talk easily for hours. Maybe I'll pull in a lease and uh, turn this into a three episode. Oh my God, yes. um, yeah. She, I've known her for easily 20 years. Um, what an amazing person and, and talk about impact and ripple effect and yeah um so i want to just last minute or two i got a couple of quick rapid fire questions that i've been uh asking and they've evolved over time but so the first is what's either a really crazy thing or just a really awesome lesson that you pulled away from pandemic i think for me it was about getting comfortable with spending time alone um not something that i've been forced to do much mm -hmm. Um, so that was actually incredibly helpful. Yeah. So getting comfortable, I think finally yeah. I arrived at this place where I was like, oh, you know what? I really like spending time with myself. And that was a new thing for me. So I like nice. it more now. Yeah. I love that. What other than ours, what's a podcast or an audiobook or an actual book or something that you're really into right now? Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. Um, mm -hmm. Always going to talk about um, how to do the work by Dr. Nicole LaPera. And of course, you know, the Bible of conscious leadership, which is the 15 commitments of conscious leadership, Jim Deffner, awesome. Diana Chapman. Awesome. Uh, and then finally, as if we didn't em embark enough 
really awesome um, advice here because uh, you are always just sharing gems. What is an invaluable piece of business advice that you can share with agency owners? It's all about kind of dialing up that curiosity and getting a little bit more introspective. So you talked a little mm -hmm. bit earlier about how some of the people that you've coached or that you've had conversations with don't necessarily trust their own gut or their own intuition. The reality is there's so much wisdom inside of us. While it's great to hire a coach and a consultant and obviously advocate for that kind of support, there's a lot of internal wisdom that we have that I think that we just don't tap into. Exploring and kind of going down the rabbit hole of things that you are curious about will kind of lead you to a really good place. And I think I'm a, a good example of that. Oh, you're a stellar example of that. And I'm, I'm grateful for you sharing that with me. Um, thank you so, so much for your time for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. This was so fun. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.